All right, so <laughs> let me start off by saying the following. I am as concerned about the coronavirus as I am about global warming, okay? I want that to be the headline of this part of the podcast. Okay, I don't have that sound effect that goes, dun, 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 (laughs) so. Yes, uh, but, you know, insert that sound here now. I'll do it. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Okay, there. All right, so it's it's a big deal. Now, what do I mean by that? Of course, I mean that I, as you know, I'm not... In any way, a climate alarmist, I think it's nonsense. You think it's nonsense. I don't. I, it, there's so many holes in the climate change argument, just intellectually, that it doesn't even matter if it's predominantly the, uh, the, the responsibility of man or, or the cause of man being involved in climate change. If we can't do anything about it, then we can't do anything about it, right? But, of course, I don't think there's even evidence that man is predominantly responsible for it. But that's another story. There's this panic mode that, that goes on. It feeds the monster, as it were, the media monster. People believe that we are running away with climate change and we're all going to head to disaster. And, of course, the goalposts keep on moving uh, because, you know, the disaster, the, the impending doom year, whatever it is, it was once 1989, then it became 1995, then it became 2000. 2011, 2013, and so on. And here we are, 2020, with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, say, or AOC, as they sometimes affectionately call her, saying uh, that it's going to all happen in the, by the year 2030. Okay, uh, you know, I won't be holding my breath on that one either. So I, I, don't, I don't take anything that they say seriously. I don't think anybody else takes it seriously. People go about their lives uh, without any concern for climate change, right? I mean, the, people still send their kids to college, you would think they wouldn't if the whole world is going to collapse in 12 years. I mean, what's the point? What's the point of getting married? What's the point of, uh, you know, investing in anything? Other right? than alcohol and uh, right, exactly. prostitutes. Yeah, you, you know, prepare for zombie land. That, that's the idea. You know, the walking dead, as it were. Uh, all you're doing is defending your own territory at this point and just hoping to survive until sweet death arrives at your doorstep. When you're cooked in yeah, exactly. ovens of Gehenna in our <laughs> boiling atmosphere. That's right, yeah. We're right. all drowning one way or the other. Yeah. Might as well enjoy our hedonistic lifestyle. Okay, so now back to the coronavirus. It's the same thing. This, it, it's a mini climate change uh, you know, um, hysteria. That's all it is. In the exact same way. This is hysterical. First of all, let's talk about the coronavirus. Let's just analyze what... What's the worst that can happen? That's the first thing anyone should ever ask. What's the worst? If you get the coronavirus, you will start sweating. You'll feel very chilly. You know, you'll have a lot of flu-like symptoms. Maybe you'll throw up. Yeah, okay? you'll have pneumonia, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, it won't be comfortable. You'll be on bed rest for a week or two, depending on the strength of your uh, immunity system. And uh, you'll get over it. And then you won't get it again. Okay? Not that strain, at least, of coronavirus. Got it? That's what's going to happen. Now, some people will die. Those will be just like the flu, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, The very elderly, the already very sick and frail, and perhaps the very young. Now, I'm not saying that they should be discarded or discounted or anything else. My heart goes out to them and such. But the reality is that every disease can kill 
the very old, the very young, and the very sick. Okay? Every disease. You get pneumonia. If you and I get pneumonia, just, you know, good old-fashioned pneumonia, run-of-the-mill pneumonia, or bronchitis, we'll get over it. Okay? Maybe we'll take some antibiotics. But even if we don't take antibiotics, we'll get over it. But if you're 92 years old and you get bronchitis, that might send you over the edge. Okay? You might die. Okay, so in that sense, coronavirus is no different than bronchitis or pneumonia or the flu. Now, I told you I'd, I'd speak about the flu in a moment. Here it is. Okay, the flu affects tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people every year in America. And guess what? Some people die from it. Okay, but 98%, 99% of people who have the flu, they get over it. It sucks to have the flu. I don't wish it upon anybody. I had it once in my life. It was awful, but I got over it. Here I am, you know, at spewing conservative nonsense on a weekly basis with my friend Ari David, right? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, I, I am uh, loving uh, life, right? I mean, I obviously, I got over it. Okay, same thing with coronavirus. Let's keep it in perspective, people. This is not Ebola, for example, which can, which has a very high incidence of, of killing people. And causes an agonizing death where you bleed to, out from your Pores, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. So that's, that's bad. It's very different. So, yeah. so, but by the way, Ebola was even more of a you know, crazy fanatic sort of thing. It was not the kind of insanity that you, we all thought it was going to be or that people thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be because you know, it, people don't understand the way that viruses work. Okay. And this is a very important thing, and I want our listeners to know this. There is a very strong correlation, very strong correlation, as follows. The more deadly the virus, the harder it is to um, make contagious. To transmit. To transmit, sorry, that's what I should say. Uh, in other words, the more communicable the disease, the less impact it actually has on the individual who catches it. Yeah, and the more stable the individual virus cells are, right. the more um, uh, resistant to outside forces killing it. That's right. So, so example, the common cold. The common cold is extremely contagious. Okay? It, it spreads wildly. And everyone, everyone gets it. I think everyone gets a cold sometime every year, right? Usually during the winter time of, of that nation. And, uh, and that's it. You get over it, and, but you don't die from it. It doesn't debilitate you. They don't say, oh, my gosh, you know, Harry got a cold. You know, he's a leper. They, they, they don't treat him like that. Okay? It's, it's just fine. It, it goes. And that's it. And I'm talking about modern-day communicable diseases, by the way. I'm not gonna, I'll talk about the plague and leprosy in a moment. But good for today, in this century, the more... Uh, communicable a disease is, the less impact it has on any particular individual who catches it. Okay, so the, the, the cold is a very good example. And then by contrast, HIV. Okay, HIV is very hard to get. <clears throat> you have to get a blood transfusion or have essentially, well, let's face it, you know, uh, well, two, two other you ways. You have to do some things. Let's just put it let's that Let's put way. it that way. It's a family uh, friend of the show. Kids, you got to do some things. Right, there you go. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's exactly right. So it's, it, we all know. Uh, and, and also, of course, drug use, uh, intravenous dr drug use, which is like a blood, tra blood transfusion in that sense, right? You're injecting, literally injecting this AIDS virus directly into your body. So that will kill you. Okay, and 
thank God they have some diseases for those uh, people who uh, are unfortunately afflicted with that horrible disease. My, our prayers and our thoughts go out to them that they don't have to, and we're, we're pleased that they don't now have to worry about suffering a, a horrible death. Yeah, as a result of contracting kill HIV. percent of the people who get it now. There's now treatments. You know, Magic Johnson is the most famous guy who got it in 1992 and is still fine now. Yeah, so exactly. Thank God. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Almost 30 years ago. Anyway, point is that that is the correlation. Now, coronavirus is a highly communicable disease. Highly. Okay, so <clears throat> you don't have to. It's not transmitted only by saliva. It's transmitted apparently by breathing. Right, so it's an airborne virus, and therefore it suggests very strongly that yes, it will affect people uh, like like the flu, just like the flu is is airborne as well. So the the main mission of a virus, you have to remember, what is the main mission? The main mission of a virus is to prop, propagate itself as much as possible. That's it. So if it cannot commu- communicate, or sorry, it cannot uh, spread quickly like HIV, to use that example, then once it's in its host, it wants to kill as much as it can because it's got what it's got and it knows it can't get out. So it's going to stay in that body as much as possible. That's how it propagates because it's already in one body and that's why it's so deadly. The cold, by contrast, is so easily spread, it doesn't need to stay in one body. It just needs to spread. Do you understand the programming, guys? That's it. So that's the way I look at coronavirus. I'm not worried about it. Now, I told you I was going to talk about leprosy and the plague because no doubt people will bring that up as an example. Well, wait a minute. Oh, the plague and the leprosy, uh, you know, those are deadly and uh, highly disfiguring at the very least when it comes to leprosy. And uh, those are easily communicable too. Okay, yes and no. The, the plague <clears throat> was caused because so many people were so close to each other and they lived in such squalid conditions and they didn't wash their hands. <laughs> they, they didn't prepare their food in, in the proper way. I mean, people were literally, literally, as they were walking down the street, dumping feces on top of each other and it's, you know, spreading urine. And you don't, people don't realize what it was like back in the days, even 150 years ago in America. It was like being on a hippie commune or at Berkeley. It was filthy. <laughs> well, let's not go so far. Okay, that's a little... <laughs> it was like being a mighty Venice. Don't, don't, be, ex- don't the, be so extreme. Where the homeless shanties are. <laughs> Ari, I mean, that's, you know, people won't take us seriously if you exaggerate so much. <laughs> it's like California. <laughs> Please. And it's also a family show, like you yourself recognize. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't say dirty words like California. <laughs> yeah, please, please, family. Anyway, but you, so it was so squalid back then that, you know, terrible things. Would, I mean, it, it was so easy to keep. So it's, there were many other vehicles, many other fa- uh, facets of uh, communications. What, what's the word? Communicability of, of a disease. And that's why leprosy spread the way it did. And that's why the plague spread and other diseases like that. Uh, and it would have savage results. People would die because of that. We don't have that, that kind of squalid condition, at least in America. Except or, in California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> As California goes, so goes the rest of America. You know, it's like God forbid, right? Oh, God. So anyway, uh, you've got the modernized nations, even China. Um, it, it's not going to be like the plague or leprosy. Please, everyone, take a chill pill. Don't worry about this so much. You're going to be okay. Yeah, just go back to worry about global warming. You'll be fine. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, I brought up, I, I was on the Joe Messina show last night, and I, I did guest hosting for him. Love Joe. He's a great guy. And I brought up a point that you had raised, or, you know, one of your big issues uh, that Ari brings up, and he's right, is this Agenda 21 nonsense. Now, if you know what, it, I'll say it very briefly because I don't want to drill down on it. One of the main missions of Agenda 21 is to force everyone away from their rural towns, or just for that matter, the suburbs, and bring them all into, you know, huge apartment complexes in uh, urban areas, right, where they only ride bicycles and so on. Like, so they'll all be congregated at one place. Um, yeah, this, crowded this, subways, crowded buildings, right. you know, all yeah. that stuff. So, and this ostensibly to prevent, uh, you know, climate change and other things like that, but whatever it is. Uh, and we know the real deal here is they're trying to make life miserable for everybody. And, you know, it's, it's a power grab. But anyway, th- is this the coronavirus and for that matter, any other things? I mean, aren't we just just creating a cesspool of uh, viruses if we do that, if we throw everyone together like that? It, it, I mean, yeah, you see, I mean, that's that's a good argument against the Agenda 21 is right. to say the more people get together, the more dangerous it is, for, at least from a disease point of view. And, and it is. Okay, so... Yeah, the same people constantly telling you about herd mentality vis-a-vis vaccinations do everything they can to stack and pack us all together. So if something like this comes along, yeah, it wipes go. out hundreds of thousands rather than 20, you right. know? So, guys, just don't panic, okay? Yeah. If you, look, and it will come to America. It will spread at some point. It will have a life. Uh, my guess is that it will spread, uh, you know, probably about, it'll have a month and a half, two-month spread. And then it will kind of die down. And, uh, and then we'll say, oh, remember coronavirus and how everyone was panicked about it and somehow the nation continued on and the whole world for that matter, same thing. I mean, look, it's it spread in Italy, it's spread in Iran, it's spread in China, of course, and South Korea, as it turns out. Okay, fine. Yeah, Just but the take media, a chill pill, everyone. Yeah, the media will get you on the next crisis <laughs> soon enough. Yeah. You'll be worrying about that, and you won't even remember this. Right. And, and yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, know? Have, you know, console yourself, my friends. It'll all be nonsense. It'll be just like the Russia hoax. <laughs> It'll be like right. the impeachment hoax. hoax. Yeah. The yeah. FISA thing, you know. Right. I mean, like the <laughs> grab them by the you-know-what hoax. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything about, you know, they're good at this. All right. It's cl- what they do. <laughs> Remember when they were telling you that Mitt Romney held down some kid and cut his hair? Right. It's this. You it's don't. You don't thing. do you. But you were obsessed. Remember binders full of women. Remember right. war on women. You don't now. But you yeah. did. The, the Kavanaugh hoax. They're yeah. good at this. This oh, is their one. job. Yeah. So everything about it. That, you know, don't worry. We're going through the next hoax. Okay. It's and 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 you can't fault them because this is what leads the news. I mean, now, I, you know, turn on the news, like, corona this, corona this. I'm, I just give me – I stop with the corona nonsense. It's like the time when the Singapore Airlines – was it? No. Malaysian. The Malaysian Airlines. Yeah. Uh, crashed somewhere in the Pacific. Right. And it was like became uh, like the show Lost came to life. Yes. And, and CNN had the greatest <clears throat> story ever for seven straight whatever it was. It was three solid weeks of nothing <laughs> but that. Like, oh, my God. Would you stop with this nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> it was awful, right? I mean, I just yeah. wanted to hear news. And unfortunately, there was a crawl below where you could actually get some news from them. But, you know, it was incessant. And I don't know what they were thinking. So they, they brought it up because they wanted that to lead the news all the time. Okay, fine. So anyway, they're trying to find ways of blaming Trump about this, naturally. This is what they do. Um, you know, it, so whenever Trump offers 
two and a half billion, which to me, I don't know, that sounds like a lot of money. It does. Uh, then they race over, well, that should be at least uh, seven and, uh, you know, three times that amount. Okay, fine. Maybe that's what he played them for. And he should have said, you know, half a, a half a billion. What are you talking about? We should make it, you know, 4.5 billion. So that that's for, you know, whatever. Uh, it, I don't know. It's just whatever that he offers, they'll demand more. And whatever he's doing, they'll say he's doing it wrong, right? So, for example, the Mike Pence thing. So he's going to be the... The, 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 the point man. The He'll point be man. The Joe Biden of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like, and, remember and, Joe Biden on China or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so they will argue that, are you, how can you do Mike? This, this, this is scary. I mean, Mike Pence to lead this whole thing? And, like, <laughs> wait a minute. You, you do understand that. That Mike Pence is not going to be the one developing a vaccine, right? He's he's not going to be have the lab coat <laughs> with the goggles and doing the test tubes, like with the beakers at the butts. Now, Mister Mister President, I think I found the, <laughs> right. the cure for the corona. <laughs> he's not like Bruce Wayne and uh, you know and Batman and Robin yes. oh, down yeah, in exactly. the Batcave coming up with the is there geniuses, right? Like, you know. or, or Buck Rogers of the 25th century, whatever. You know, it's like he does everything all the time. Right. No, we're not saying that. He's just a freaking point man that's it just take it easy everyone yeah he's okay? bored he needs something to do he's given he, he, oh my god i just saw something the economy under trump is so good even the vice president has something to do right oh my right. god right. there's the headline he's got 100 percent employment right. now 100 employment. <laughs> even the vice president is working. He's doing something I, I don't know give mike something it's like <laughs> Anyway, I applaud it. I think it's fine. Who else is going to be the point man? What do you want? A, a corona? They want a corona czar. You know, by the way, why well, they, they do. That's one of the headlines. Say, well, Obama had an Ebola czar. Right. What does he have? <laughs> you, you, you know, if, if Mike Pence had coronavirus, well, then maybe he said, well, you know, he's, he's appropriate. He's, right. got, he's got the virus himself. Okay. It's all nonsense. Um, and, I, you know, it's, it's embarrassing for the Democrats. And right away, they come out of the gate saying that, Trump is uh, reckless in its handling of the coronavirus, and it's inept, and so on. Never mind that, that America is still uh, containing the coronavirus better than any other nation out there. But it's still, somehow, Trump is inept about this. Okay, let's move on to the— Can, can I say one last really thing? That yeah. Says, and this doesn't have to do exactly with the subject, but it just occurred to me. Oh, my God. This is their headline. Trump is so in, under control of Russia— he hasn't appointed one czar. <laughs> that's right. They have the irony of that sentence. Yes, that's right. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, well, the Democrats always love the czar things because, you know, <laughs> they love dictatorial rule. And somehow czar sounds good. Why not call them uh, like, um, uh, I don't know, Fuhrer, right? I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> we need a Fuhrer <laughs> for this area. Somehow czar is okay, but a Fuhrer would not be okay. Right, but they're the ones not under control of Russia, but they're using the Russian head of government, the head of Let, state Let's term. move on. Let's move Never on. Never mind. Because, it's too much. Okay, Sorry. so I, I want to talk about the, the Democratic circus in the debates and otherwise. Not because, look, this is this is supposed to be a timeless show, and it is a timeless show. Um, we'll talk about the specifics of some of the things that each of the candidates has said. Uh, during the recent debates, the one in Charleston recent is it Charleston? What is it? Yeah, it was Charleston. Okay, and uh, and previous to that was Nevada. Um, now, it's not that we're just going to pick and choose among those things. I, I want a, the larger picture of it is a party that doesn't know what it's even about. Okay, if you ask what the Democrat Party is about, they will not have an idea. 
Okay. Now, if you ask, you know, we've had a show about this. When when I say, "What is America about?" You right away say, "I mean, go ahead and tell me." Freedom. Okay, great. You might say liberty, freedom. Good. Okay. You might say about um, the the spread of uh, the of ideas and progress. You know. Okay, good. That's what you might say about shining city on a hill. Right. Very good. So there you go. Now, if you say, um, now that's the adjective that. Everyone in the world would say about America. When they think about America, they say the first word is liberty or freedom, right? Uh, and you know, freedom comes in all sorts of different ways. Freedom of speech, of course, freedom of business, freedom of, of association, freedom of religion. That is all good. Okay? That's the first word. Now, if you think of, of uh, an adjective for any given country, let's say, uh, you, you know, the, the, uh, Italy, Okay? Food. You think about food. Exactly right. You think of pasta. That's about it. Okay. You don't think of no, anything else. No, that's not about. There's a lot of other foods, but food. Whatever. You know. Food. Okay. Yeah. So Food, fashion, great cars. Yeah, yeah. That's it. But not in terms of political ideology. Right. There's nothing that comes to mind. Uh, and likewise, uh, Germany, present-day Germany. Cars. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, Bratwurst, right? Or Oktoberfest. Fine. But it's not about anything from a political ideology point of view. Nothing, okay? Uh, and likewise about Sweden, likewise about Nigeria, and likewise about Australia. Australia, think about kangaroos and boomerangs, yeah. right? That's it, okay? Koala bears, maybe. That's it, okay? But America is about something. Now, the Republican Party and conservatism is about... Freedom. Freedom, limited government, which is a, a way of going toward... Freedom. It's about uh, restoring faith in God, and and finding out what God wants from us. It's we're all on a mission to do God's work, right? That's what true conservatism believes, and that's why so much of our agenda kind of you know centers around that. It's consistent with that. That's why we are uh, pro-life, not pro-choice, for example. That's why we are concerned about uh, the advent of uh, same-sex marriage. That's why we believe in marriage. That's why we believe in having a lot of children and so on, because everything is God-centered. And we believe so much in freedom, which, wait for it, is what God wants from us. Okay, so everything is God-centered. Freedom only comes to us because God gives us freedom, and God wants us to be free. And wants us to be alive, to be free. Right, exactly. Beings. And that's why we, we, uh, we are for the death penalty, because we have contempt for evil, and we fight evil and so on like that. Okay, so... This is the conservative party. That is what it's all about. But the Democrats, by contrast, don't have anything like that. They are all over the place. They are about everything and nothing at the same time. Well, they're, they're in, and we've discussed this before. They are actually for such vile and reprehensible ideas that they have, and you're seeing it. This is why at this moment of history it's so interesting. They're, they've always been about such vile ideas, death, slavery, abortion, those things communism, that for the longest time, they spent all their energies trying to conceal what they were about. But now we finally have two major candidates on their side who've ripped up the mask and says, this is what we're about, and we're proud of it. Right. And you and I are sitting there going, wow, hold on, dun, 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 this is great. They're right. finally telling us what they really are about. And you know what? Most people with a brain hate it. 
All right. So, well, that's right? of course correct. And then uh, that's that's the issue. They they finally are able to say, you know, our mission is complete. You know, <laughs> the spy, you know, Bernie Sanders, Comrade Sanders has has done his work. Now yeah. it is time Cuba to is, to execute right. Operation Takeover. Yes. You know, whatever it is. So, you know, Russian yes. collusion and all that stuff. So, <laughs> it's all it's all not. Look, by the way, the, the fake hoax about the Russians, you know, now being a collusion with they couldn't stop with the Russian collusion before. Uh, and now they still are saying that the Russians are, you know, backing Trump and backing Bernie Sanders because they know that whatever. Okay, they're they're all conspiracies at the end of the day. But look how they are so lost, these people, each one of them. And that's why I want to start off with the big picture: how they have no message. They're not about anything. This party just doesn't even know what it's about. Okay, they they say things like, "Oh, we're for the little guy." Okay, well, everyone's for the little guy. Yeah, or healthcare, education, yeah. the environment, that's it's, it's, like that. You know, one of the things they tell you in marketing, okay, uh, and this is from having majored in economics in, in college and then having majored in marketing in business school, they say something very straightforward, which is, "Don't market yourself based upon what anyone else can say." Right. So, as a lawyer, you know, I could market myself to the extent that I advertise, by saying, I'm for you. I'll fight for you, okay? <laughs> like Better Call Saul. It's, uh, you know, you could do that, you know? And, but, but every lawyer will say that, right? Well, I, how can I compete with Brock Lurie? Because I'm not fighting for you, <laughs> right? And he is, right? No, of course he's going to say the same thing. It's not, it's not different. So, and it's hard to differentiate yourself, right? What can, what can I offer that other lawyers cannot offer. Okay, so here's what I can offer. I have a very different approach. Uh, I use a chess-like strategy. I focus on how to settle a case earlier on. I, I look for the path for settlement. Very few other lawyers will say that, okay? That is the single most driven marketing strategy, and it's very effective because it's what I, what, it's what I do. I love it. I love strategizing, and this is not an advertising for my firm. I'm just simply telling you that's the way we approach it. Lorraine Seltzer, Los Angeles, uh, 310-478-7788 for your legal needs. Oh, did I make an advertisement there? Okay, whatever. Tell them where you get your books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my books are available on Amazon.com, Atheism Kills, Rise of the Sex Machines. Thank you. All right. Uh, you, you get this idea. You have to differentiate yourself. And the... The Democrats are saying, I'm for the little guy. Okay, well, the Re Republicans are for the little guy, too. Everyone's for the little guy. Everyone's against racism. Everyone's against uh, safety. Uh, everyone's for a stronger America, right? But so just simply saying, and, and that's why the Hillary campaign had no ability to, un to even define a message. They couldn't do it. So they ended up with, I'm with her, or forward. You know, two things I'm that for meant whatever you want me to be. But those know? are two things that literally meant nothing. Yes. Okay. I'm with her. What, what, all you're saying is I'm voting for her. Okay. Fine. Uh, and I'm voting for Trump. Okay. There you go. But but Trump had a brilliant strategy and a brilliant message, which was very straightforward and very simple: make America great again. That hearkened to everything. It, it acknowledged that America was once great, and we're going to make it a great again. And the fact that America is great, and it should be great, okay? And it also evokes the question of why is it great, okay? And then it promotes the, the debate, the discussion, and we're all about America, 
America being, the, as you said, the shining light on the hill, uh, and about being lib about liberty, about freedom, about the spread of great ideas and sp spread of in innovations. That's what we're about. And it's so easy to, to articulate that as a message. So you have on the debate stage these people that argue everything and nothing at the same time. So, for example, you've got Joe Biden saying, uh, you know, he was complaining about um, gun control. And that Bernie Sanders, he was trying to differentiate himself from Bernie Sanders by saying, well, Bernie uh, agreed to uh, immunize the gun lobby or the gun, gun uh, manufacturers from liability. And since then, in 2007, to, to the present day, there have been 150 million people killed as a result of guns. Okay, so let's, let's first address the number 150 million. Okay, that's literally half the American population. I think that that would be a crisis, okay? I'm just going to say that right now, that if 150 million people actually died as a result of gun violence, uh, that would be noticeable. You and I would know at least one person who died from random gun violence, right? At least. Because, in fact, every other person we would know. We would know. Half the people yeah. we knew. Half the people would know would have died. Random gun yeah. violence. What happened to Charlie? Oh, he was, you know, was well, one the, it, he, he was one of the two right. that died of, uh, right. of every two people. Gun. Oh, yeah, okay, well, I guess that's the way it goes. Because we love guns so much, we have to accept that one of two of our friends will die every year or whatever. Yeah, of course, okay? if those numbers were true and society had broken down that much, we probably would not have come out of the bunker to see this debate. Exactly because right. the bunker we've been hidden in, living on canned rations, we'd be too afraid to come out. Exactly right. <laughs> right. right. So, that, so then the immunizing thing, it doesn't make any sense either because, uh, look, if you, I mean, if, you, if you hold gun manufacturers liable for somebody using their guns for illicit purposes, well, then can we hold uh, American Coaster manufacturers? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> can we hold American Airlines and United Airlines, you know, liable for terrorists taking over and and so on like that? No, we oh, can't. Misusing the planes. Misusing the, the planes. Exactly. Yeah. What about Dennis Prager brought this up? What about knives? People use knives all the time to to do terrible things. What about uh, arsenic? Arsenic apparently is a poison. Okay, people use arsenic to kill other people. Uh, what about, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, right, uh, cars, people, DUIs, right? I mean, you can hold uh, car manufacturers liable for using a car as a getaway for a robbery or even a murder or, or a DUI. So we're sue the Mercedes-Benz Corporation yes. for someone who misused a car once? Right, yeah, exactly. Now, preposterous. I, I, I've raised that argument, by the way, and then I want to move into other things, that, crazy things that were said. Uh, can I say one thing? No, really no, no, let me, let, no, no, because we, we only have fast. a little... little, little we only have a little bit of time. I want to get to other things, too. Okay. The other thing is, and I discussed this with a, a very lefty guy on this, and I made this argument that I just said, why not hold people liable for knives and such, uh, or scissors, and anything that can stab? And uh, he said, well, the difference is that guns, their, their entire purpose is to kill. And therefore, that's it. You know, it's the fact that somebody might use a knife that, you know, that otherwise be used for cooking uh, and cutting meat or whatever, they used it to stab somebody. Well, that's, you know, that's not the same thing. And I said, what's the difference? It doesn't matter. You know, a, a knife manufacturer knows that somebody might use this very knife for killing purposes. The fact that they use it for cooking doesn't mean that they can't use it for violence. Okay, so don't give me this crap. Yeah, what about it, target a, shooting where you shoot at a piece of paper? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't, of course, address the fact that people use this to defend themselves. Right, a gun is a good defensive tool. A woman whips out her Colt 45 
uh, from her purse or where the small little ones are uh, to protect herself. And she doesn't even shoot it. I mean, does do they get a reward for, for doing so? And Dennis Prager brought that part, uh, point up. I like it a lot. Let's move on to another thing. So Bernie Sanders then says, and this was my favorite part, my very favorite part, um, is that he proposed that Cuba was just awesome because, after all, they proposed literacy. They, they created a literacy program. Yeah, they're good at great? teaching people to read. Right. So, so then when he said that, he got a couple of boos from the audience. And he looks with his eyes wide open, and he says, really? Really? Like, like, like they're the, the idiots for disagreeing with him. <laughs> right. Like, no, no, dude, really to you. Like, you, that, that's such an absurd argument that you just made, Mr. Sanders, Senator Sanders. And, and you're, you're, you're looking at them with your eyes wide open, saying, really, really, as if somehow your argument is so full of merit? You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, he then went on to say, I believe that even a dictatorship should be praised when it does something well. Well, I'm just curious, when's the last time these Democrats have praised Nazi Germany for doing one thing well? Well, yeah. You know, because if someone praised Nazi Germany for doing one thing well, I, I know, as much as the sun is in the sky right now, that every Democrat would condemn that person for saying the German, you know, the Germans breed nice dogs. How dare you? They're, they're the Nazis. You oh, know? I'll, I'll take it one step further. You know, uh, the, it's not just the Germans. It's also it's Hitler himself directly. Right. He created created the Volkswagen, right? That, that means people's wagon, right? That's what it means. Yeah, the the people's car. favorite car. Yeah. So, uh, well, that was cheap and reliable, and uh, isn't that a good thing, right? I mean, literacy is good, uh, you might say, and certainly uh, providing a, an affordable car for all your people called the Volkswagen, that's got to be a good thing, too. P.S. He also created a, a major national highway called the Audubon. Right? Not just that you could drive really fast on them. Major highway system throughout Germany. In fact, Eisenhower used the, various, the highways that Hitler created to easily storm into Berlin because of the highway system that Hitler had, had created. You would say that's a good thing, right? But that doesn't make fascism a good thing, you idiot. What, what moronic... I, I, I don't even know where to begin. Syria, create, Syria has traffic lights, right? And, and presumably are able to... Uh, to control traffic to some extent. Does that make Syria a good country? I mean, you, I, I don't know what to say. You can also say, uh, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein, you know, used proper grammar, too, once in a while. And he believed in, uh, you know, uh, wearing nice clothes. I mean, and maybe had nice manners. Who knows? What, what, is, what does that mean? The fact that there's a literacy program by Castro, by a dictator. So what? Okay, the, does, that, does that now excuse the tens of thousands of people that he killed? Really? Uh, the, the, the tens of thousands of women that were raped? And, and so as I said in my show yesterday with the, the Joe Messina show, you know, you can just imagine they're about to put a bullet in, in the head of one of the dissidents in, Cast, in the Castro's regime. And they say, don't worry about it because, you know, the good news is your children are learning how to read. Oh, Bam. thank you. Gracias. <laughs> no, okay, I feel much better about that now. That, go ahead and kill me now. Right. I, <laughs> Oh, man. So it, it's, it's really a, I mean, he should be embarrassed about this, but he doesn't even realize it. But Bernie Sanders is a stupid man. That's the bottom line. Uh, he is uh, just, he is the ideology of socialism. That's all it is. And the reason why he is gaining as much traction as he has so far, let's see what happens, um, is simply because he's the only one among the Democrat candidates 
who espouses an ideology. Right. I was going to say, he's the only one who actually believes something. It's right. like in the movie Big Lebowski. Right. Where they're, well, say what you... There's a quote by Walter Sopchak, one of the characters, the Jewish character in Big Lebowski. Say what you will about the merits of National Socialism, at least it's an ethos. Right? <laughs> and, and that's what you have with Bernie. Right. Say what you will about communism, at least he believes something. Bloomberg? What does this guy believe? Nothing. He, he, all the things he did well, he's now crapping on. But, but that's you know, not where I'm going. Every, and he's yeah, the, I'm, I'm not going there, Ari. I'm, I'm just... I'm simply saying that the reason why he's getting any traction at all is because there, it, he is the personification of an ideology. Right. You think of Bernie Sanders, you think of socialism, okay? Elizabeth Warren, to some extent, also seems to like socialism, but that's not, she doesn't call herself a socialist. Bernie calls himself a socialist, yeah. plain and simple. It doesn't, almost doesn't matter what he says, it's like he's a socialist guy and socialism is awesome and you should vote for me because I'm going to introduce socialism into this country and uh, make it uh, the great socialist paradise that it should be. That's yeah. what he is espousing. Whereas the other guys are simply saying, well, I'm better than the other guys because I'm probably going to be better on gun control. I'm going to fight climate change better than the other guy. And I've got more experience than that. I was vice president and I, I, I stopped the Ebola virus or whatever it is. They're, they're arguing at the margins uh, and... They're really not about anything. And, of course, Bernie Sanders, to the extent it's about anything, it's about socialism, which is a disastrous ideology. Right. Um, and we all know that. And, and that's, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm saying it, Ari, that, that it's all about nothing. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's generally a set of honest arguments relative to others in this way. He's being honest about the vile ideology he believes in. The other people are all espousing the exact same ideology. They're just refusing to admit that that's what they believe in, which comes off as dishonest. Uh, yeah. So while yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that, yeah. Ari, but I'm not saying that. That's not the main point. The main point of it is that they've got, they're not saying anything. Right. They're all just, and that's why everyone's kind of rolling their eyes. Like, I, you, you're trying to differentiate each other from each other, uh, and I, it doesn't work for me. I, you see, when Trump was around, and this is a very important distinction, and this is where I want to end because it's such an emblematic discussion. When Trump was running for president, a lot of the lefties said, oh, please, oh, please make Trump the nominee because we will destroy him. Uh, and, <clears throat> and then they got Trump, right? And I remember a couple of liberal, liberal friends of mine have said exactly the same thing. Oh, you know, we, uh, we were really hoping for Trump to be the nominee because we would destroy him. And then now we are, we've got egg in our face and we, Trump the monster is now the president and we have to deal with him. And it's, it's our worst nightmare. And uh, you might have the same thing with Bernie. You may be wanting him to be the nominee and because on the theory that he'll, he'll uh, <clears throat> that, that we'll easily trounce him, but you might get him. And to them, I say two things. First of all, I don't want Bernie to be the nominee. I'm not hoping for him to be nominee. You, you made this assumption that I want him to be, but he's not. I, I mean, I, I don't want him to be the nominee, no, period. It's too scary to it's have too him scary. close. I want the most mainstream, most moderate Democrat out there to be the nominee on the god-awful proposition that that Democrat nominee might win this election. Yeah, okay? we've said over and over our ideal Democrat nominee is Jeb Bush or Mitt Romney. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Seriously. I agree with you. Yeah. Okay, so that would be the ideal. Um, so in other words, we minimize the pain because there's going to be pain with any Democrat uh, president that might come around. 
So, so that's point number one. Point number two is they're just dead wrong about this. The difference between to, to equate Trump and Bernie Sanders as outliers who who might become president is is not well grounded in fact. Look, President Trump, now President Trump. I love saying those two words together. Thank Can you. you. Say it again. President Trump. Yeah, here we are. Okay. Just made me feel. <laughs> Trump uh, came in as somebody that wanted to advance the interests of America. He wanted to hark back to basic American principles. He hearkened to conservatism, to the founding fathers, of, which is limited government, freedom, and all the things that you and I love. Okay? He hearkened to uh, better faith in God, which is what we love. He hearkened toward pro, a pro-life a position, which we love. Okay? These are all good things. And it's, he hearkened to America and, to, and appealed to the best in America. Bernie is appealing to nothing like that. He's appealing to an ideology that is destructive and that would undermine and transform America. That, that, those two things are not at all the same. And yes, you'll have a lot of loyal socialist bastards who support Bernie Sanders, and they'll come out. No doubt about it. Okay? There, there'll be more people... All the people who love socialism will vote for Bernie Sanders. I got it. Agreed, conceded, admitted, whatever yeah, you want to say. 40% Acknowledge. 40% of the modern Democrat Party will vote for him. <laughs> Yes. But that's, but that's it. one half of one party. Yes. I'll take that. And the other 60% will be terrified of Bernie Sanders. And though they may not vote for, for Donald Trump, they may sit it out. Okay? And, and, and you know, those are the Chris Matthews of the world. I'm not a big fan of Chris Matthews, but on this, he got it 100% right. He said, this is crazy. Socialism doesn't friggin' work. I'm quoting him. Socialism doesn't friggin' work. And he went to town on them and saying, listen, if you vote, if you nominate Bernie Sanders as your candidate, you will lose 49 states. Okay? You had been saying that for a while. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. Look, but even conservatively speaking, let's say he's exaggerating, 46 states. Fine. That's still a landslide. Okay, and I think it is going to be 46, 47 if Bernie Sanders is the nominee. No one will take it. And, and then, and the beauty of it will, will be that Trump will be able to be fighting an ideology as opposed to Bernie Sanders directly as a man. Uh, and, and it won't matter because um, Trump is very smart and we, we know he's a genius at this point. The more we pay attention to what he does and what he says, he's actually a genius. Yeah, and one other little thing that's totally missed is they keep comparing this to 2016, which was one of those rare elections in which there was no incumbent. Yes. Two non-incumbents were running against each other because the seat was open. Yeah, yeah. Running against incumbents, whole other story. Very hard. Yeah, exactly right. So he will be able to attack whoever it is, and God willing, it's not Bernie Sanders. Let's say it's Pete Buttigieg, okay? Let's just say him. He'll attack him on the ideology anyway, and he'll say correctly, he's not going to be going against Pete as Pete. He'll be going against Pete's ideology. This man wants to transform America, to take us back to the time where there was high unemployment and everything else because he loves socialism. He loves big government. Don't let him do it. Okay, that's not what the American way is. And Trump will win because of that. It's as simple as that. We are about something. They are about nothing. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.